the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. With life, family, health, and finance pulling us in every direction, we lose connection to the real self and the intuitive voice that guides us forward. We leave our dreams behind and wonder why we're not living a better life. Welcome to the show that will put you back on the path that you need to be on. Welcome to Living the Best You with Janice Darrow. Through the guidance from Janice and her guests, our intention is that you'll be inspired and have greater clarity to live a more harmonious life. Now, here is Janice Darrow. Hi, my name is Janice Darrow, and you're listening to Living the Best You, live internet radio and voiceamericaempowerment.com. I'd uh, like to also thank our sponsors, The Inner Way, and uh, it's a really great DVD on really learning how to uh, move into a perception, a positive perception of yourself and creating the healthy lifestyle, healthy body that you'd like. So if you could take a look at theinnerway.com, that'd be fabulous. Um, Every week we've been starting this show with a reflective exercise. And uh, a reflective exercise is really about taking a moment to reflect, to relax, and to visualize. Um, And it's a good habit to get into. It helps on a lot of levels. So if you are in a place that you could close your eyes, take a minute and close your eyes. And take a deep breath. And with the exhale, just release the stress of the day. All the stress, just feel it just leaving your body. And with another deep breath, feel you go deep into your body and feel comfortable in your body. Feel your feet on the ground. And it's a peaceful place. I could take a minute and connect with a dream, a goal, a desire that you have in your life that you believe is possible. Just feel that dream, feel that goal that's possible, and just feel it as it is happening now in your life. And feel the gratitude for that dream, just bubbling every which way in your being, the excitement that this dream, this goal is happening, and you are so excited and so grateful and appreciative, and just feel that bubbling out every which way. And now feel it, uh, the, the gratitude just getting stronger, the clarity about the dream stronger, and that you know every day when you feel this in your being, it's just getting stronger and stronger in your life. And with another deep breath and the exhale, just release all anxiety around this dream. Just release it out. And... Um, with eyes open, welcome back to the show. And last week we talked a lot about the fabulous you and just jumping off and and making it happen. And uh, today's show, we're we're really we're talking a lot about creating positive change in your life. 
And a, a quote from Aristotle really says it well. We are what we repeatedly do. Excellence then is not an act, but a habit. And if you think about that, um, change really is bumping up against habit. And uh, oftentimes when we really start to make a change, we're motivated. We have a motivation and it starts us in the direction and then habit kicks in um, and prevents or stops or we resist it and move forward and keep sustaining it until our new goal is a habit. Um, there's a there's an author, the Charles Duhigg, that wrote a book called The Power of Habit. And, um, and what he says is, once you understand that habits can change, you have the freedom and the responsibility to remake them. Once you understand that habits can be rebuilt, the power becomes easier to grasp, and the only option left is to get to work. He did, um, he, he uh, studied a lot of different researchers on habit and what they've done. And uh, there's a research scientist named Wolfram uh, Schultz and who worked with uh, Julio, the macaque monkey. And what he did is put some um, probes into it, to his, the brain to see the brain activity of Julio. And uh, in front of Julio was a screen. And every time a colored shape came on the screen, Julio would press a lever and uh, what came out is blackberry juice. So Julio, what they found is whatever the blackberry juice, the reward for hitting the lever came, Julio's brain lit up, reward, the reward part of the brain just lit up. And, uh, and then what they did is they found that over time of doing this, Julio's brain would light up in anticipation of the reward. Um, so so they, they confused poor Julio after that and decided to switch things around and make it inconsistent. And they found another part of the brain flaring up that had to do with frustration. So Julio kept on the habit of pressing the lever, hoping to get the reward, but oftentimes didn't. So frustration kicked in. And so this is similar to us. Uh, for example, would be you get a job. You love it. You're getting rewards. You continually get rewarded, and then it starts being inconsistent. You start getting frustrated, but you keep at the same job because of the original reward. And so what is being suggested is a way to change that is to create a new kind of groove and way of thinking about your life and moving to a new direction. Today's guest is... Um, really a leading expert authority on, on really how to work with change, how to create change. He um, is a leading authority on workaholism, uh, which is the habit form that we were talking about a few minutes ago. Uh, Dr. Brian Robinson is a novelist, a licensed psychotherapist, a professor emeritus at the University of North Carolina of Charlotte, and he's uh, authored over 35 nonfiction books, including Chained to the Desk, a guidebook for workaholics, their partners, children, and the clinicians who treat them, The Smart Guide to Managing Stress, Don't Let Your Mind Stunt Your Growth, and Heal Your Self-Esteem, just to name a few of his nonfiction books. Recently, Brian Robinson has come out with his debut novel. It's a Southern murder mystery titled Limestone Gumption. And I am not a uh, murder mystery novel reader, and I read it and loved it. I couldn't put it down for a couple of days. I was nonstop reading this very fascinating 
novel. Um, the exciting news is is that um, Dr. Robinson's novel, just right out of the press, has already won an award, a Beverly Hills Book Award. Um, and he's also hosted a PBS documentary, Overdoing It, When Work Rules Your Life. And Dr. Brian Robinson is currently writing a memoir and maintains a private clinical practice in Asheville and Charlotte, North Carolina, resides in the Blue Ridge Mountains with his partner, four dogs, and occasional bears at night. We're getting the bears a day over here, too. So welcome to the show, Brian. Thank you, Janice. It's a pleasure <laughs> to be here. So, um, so not only are you a leading expert with talking about how to de-stress your life and how to move out of workaholism and over overdoing your life, it, it sounds like personally you've created a lot of changes from nonfiction to um, to writing a novel, from being um, a professor over to a psychotherapist, and from Charlotte to Asheville. So that's a lot of personal change. That's right. I think, you know, the, the whole idea of habit that you were talking about, uh, what I see is that it often comes from fear of sticking our neck out. Some of it's based on uh, survival. I think our, our survival wiring tells us, you know, to uh, don't touch a hot stove once you've done it one time. Don't drive off a cliff. So there's certain habits we need, but uh, if we allow our habits to keep us stuck, uh, it can really uh, limit our lives. So uh, fill in the fear. We all have fear. It's part of who we are. Uh, uh, feeling it and doing whatever it is anyway is the way we move into um, the more spiritual realm uh, where we're confident and feel compassion and we're calm, we're courageous. There are certain C words we use uh, in therapy to uh, to describe that place. Um so habits are good in that they can they have some survival value, but in terms of becoming fully self-actualized or fully functioning as a human being to become all that we can be, that's a little trite. I think one of the uh, armed services uses that as their motto, but, but there's a lot of truth to that. Uh, I, to me, that's what life is all about. So I've always been interested in, life, in, in exploring my internal landscape. Uh, and not just looking at one piece of the land, but knowing that there's a, a universe there. And it's, it's intriguing, you know, to be curious and to see what you can do and what you can't. But it requires sticking your neck out. And I know that's scary, but it's sticking your neck out not in a dangerous way or a careless way, but in a way that, that uh, trusts that inner place that I heard in the intro, that inner self, Mm-hmm. who we really are, uh, that can sometimes get eclipsed by fear that doesn't always tell us the truth about the outcome. Yeah. The other thing I wanted to add to what you were saying, I think this is a great topic, by the way, um, is don't let other people define who you are uh, and don't limit yourself by defining yourself narrowly. Uh, I'll give you an example. One of the uh, before I moved to the Blue Ridge Mountains, I was living in Charlotte, teaching at the University of North Carolina at Charlotte. And when I made the decision that I was going to move to a place I've always wanted to be because it is so beautiful, one of the most beautiful places in the world, natural beauty, mountains. Um, just I agree. <laughs> yeah, right. You know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. 
a lot of people told me, you will never get a practice going up there because there's so many therapists. Mm-hmm. Now, a, a lot of people who listen to someone else's limitations, because all they were doing was just telling me on some level what that they wouldn't be able to establish a practice. I listened, but I, I and I listened with respect, but I didn't follow that. Uh, there were many times in my life, though, when I did. When I remember when I, I was going to Russia back in 1985, I think it was, to train some psych- psychiatrists, and my mom said, don't go because they may not let you come back. This was back before Russia was as open as it is today. Um, but those are the kinds of, those were her limitations, those were her fears. And what I've learned is to listen to what other people say, but if it's not life and death, to to push through those things. And that's where the change has occurred in my life and the the, the gifts have, have shown up. Of course, I did move to the city here and I have a full practice. Uh, it was the same with, with writing the books. Uh, I've had uh, some people say, oh, you can't make the transition from nonfiction to fiction. People try that all the time and they never do. Well, I did make the transition because I believed that I could. I wasn't sure. Um, but I've always believed in creative visualization. Mm-hmm. The, uh, within f- physical limits, I mean, there are laws of physics, but within those laws of physics, um, I can do almost anything that I dream of. And so, uh, you know, I use common sense. I'm not careless or I don't do things that are dangerous that, that would harm me. But that's where the fully functioning life comes from, is not letting our, our fear inside of us limit our potential, our change, and certainly not letting other people's fears that they voice uh, put roadblocks in front of us. Yeah. Well, I want to go back to where you were talking about habits because um, what I am seeing is um, habits really just aren't about bad habits. They're they're actually good habits. Like if That's we wanted right. to change our diet or if yeah. we wanted to start an exercise program, and and I'm finding that working as an empowerment guy that sometimes just saying to really visualize or to create feels overwhelming Mm -hmm. to a lot of people that are really making change in their life. And, and so would you, uh, would you address that? Like what would be a first beginning step to move into a direction of making change for a person who really wanted to like change a career? Um, and in, in a practical step, um, other than visualizing, what would you suggest would be a good method to move into the direction that they want to create? Well, one of the simplest and easiest uh, techniques, if you will, is called the if-then plan. And actually, it's something I use all the time. I have a personal trainer, and I am really I can I can really be a slacker when it comes to exercise. Uh, because if if I say to you, Janice, I'm going to exercise next week, I'm unlikely to do it because I don't really want to do it. I don't like it. But if I say to you, next Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, I'm going to meet my personal trainer at 8 o'clock at Asheville Family Fitness for one hour, I'm more likely to do it. And there's a science mm-hmm. behind that. The if-then, if there's a, a, a time and a day when it comes, this is what I'll be doing. And what that does is it links whatever it is 
the, step, the first step. It links it up in your brain. Another mm-hmm. example would be if I say, Janice, I really want to lose a few pounds, and I'm not going to eat uh, fried foods. So um, that is, is unlikely to happen as well. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, if I say I'm going to try to lose weight, that's unlikely to happen. But if I'm more specific that Mm -hmm. I'm not going to eat fried foods when I go out to dinner and the menu shows up, I'm less likely to eat something that's fried because I've already linked it up in my brain. But if I just say I'm going to start losing weight, then that's unlikely to happen because there's no plan there. Right, that's very abstract. can work uh, in in lots of things that we want to do. And the, the research, which has been done by a professor at New York University shows that people who use that method 90% of the time are successful in meeting the goal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, and, and most changes really have to do with, um, you're talking about accountable, being accountable and following through. So you're making a very specific plan, yeah. this is what I'm going to do, and right. you're really asking you know, to be held accountable. And right. um, yeah, there has been known oh. to be a lot of success with that. On a larger scale, when I work with people who are workaholics and in my book, Chained to the Desk, I talk about... Um, solution, and one of them is what we call a, a work plan. Um, so, again, when you're very specific and you look at things in black and white, it really links it up in your brain and you're more likely to do it. If mm-hmm. I say to you, Janice, I'm going to start balancing my life, it's very unlikely that I'm going to do it. But right. if I That's divide abstract. it up into four different quadrants and say, uh, under each one of these, this is something new I'm going to do so that I'm not working all the time, I'm more likely to carry it through. And so what I do with folks is work with them on a self-care plan or a work plan uh-huh. that looks at the balance. Yeah. The well, we're gonna, um, Brian, we're going to be uh, having a break, and I'd love okay. to hear more about these four quadrants on the other side. And if anyone has questions, they can feel free to call 1-888-346-9141, and uh, we'll see you on the other side of the break. on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. You deserve to live the life you are meant to live. Your struggles can become the pathway to gratitude and the joy of living. The true voice of your inner you is longing to be heard by you again. Gain greater tools and awareness. The adventure is just beginning. Janice Darrow invites you to visit www.JaniceDarrow.com to learn more about the exciting work she's doing as an intuitive empowerment guide, vision board facilitator, workshop leader, and inspirational speaker. Your path begins with a single step. That's JaniceDarrow.com. J-A-N-E-S-E-D-E-R-R-O-U-G-H.com. Do you think about losing weight and living a healthier life? Are you ready to make a change but don't know where to start? Then you need to know about The Inner Way, a life-transforming inspirational DVD that will teach you how to change your thinking and change your life. Using the law of attraction, The Inner Way will explain why we become what we think about most and show you how to start attracting the things you truly want in life. The Inner Way is an exercise plan for your mind. Experts like Bob Proctor and Gay Hendricks will guide you through an abundant variety of tools to help you remap your thinking and start focusing on living the life you were meant to live. 
If weight loss and health always seem to be on your to-do list, you can get started today by visiting TheInnerWay.com. That's www.TheInnerWeigh.com. Watch the trailer, read the reviews, and discover why people are calling The Inner Way a film that everyone should watch. It's time to take that step toward the you that you were meant to be. It's time to experience The Inner Way. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. tuned in to Living the Best You with your host, Janice Darrow. To reach our show today, please call 1-888-346-9141. That number again is 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to JaniceLD at gmail.com. Now, let's get back to Living the Best You. Hi, you're li- listening to Living the Best You, and my name is Janice Darrow, and we're talking with our wonderful guest, Dr. Brian Robinson, and um, we are talking right now about change and creating change in your life and moving in the direction, uh, paddling up a new river and following your dream. So Brian was talking about um, the changes on both a, a professional level that he's been working with and on a personal level. And one of the things that you had mentioned, Brian, is about trigger. You were talking about how you might not um, do something because something triggers you, like fried foods. You know, you might want to be stopping fried foods, but something's triggering the need to have fried foods, and that makes it difficult. Could you talk a little bit about triggers and things that prevent us while we're in um, working on creating a change in our life, and then something comes up that takes us away from that focus and how to best move through and stay consistent with our focus. I'd like to hear more about that. Well, the first uh, thing when we have a goal, um, it's, first of all, it's not unusual to have something come up that causes us to take a detour, whether it's uh, not eating sugar or a habit that we want to change to work out more or to be more positive with people and less judgmental. Um, the, the one thing that is really, really important is we've got to be gentle with ourselves, uh, and, and I'll call it self-compassion, mm-hmm. uh, because uh, some form of relapse is almost uh, sure, no matter what you do. In other words, we may uh, take a few steps forward, but sometimes we may fall back a little bit. We may not go all the way back to, to uh, zero, but it may feel like it. And But we uh, th- then may go forward again and, and go back a little bit. I call it a zigzag. Change is not linear. In other words, it's not a straight line. That's not realistic. That's mm-hmm. perfectionism. And perfectionism is a, a huge roadblock. So when we allow ourselves to fail, the paradox is we're less likely to do it. Mm -hmm. So if I'm, let's say that I'm trying not to eat sugar and carbs for a week, which is really something that uh, I am working on personally, uh, is during the week to not eat sugar and carbs. But let's say that I have a cookie. uh, And then there is something, and again, there's uh, researchers who are studying this. 
It's called what the hell effect. And what that is, is if I eat the cookie, the voice in my head may say, well, you failed, so you might as well just go eat the whole pack of cookies, or you might as well go ahead and have that piece of pizza. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's a form of self-judgment. Yeah, uh, I call it flogging. I I yeah. see um, I see commonly when um, clients of mine are coming in and they're, they're working on change, uh-huh. it's like a flogging, put, putting a that, stick on themselves, beating themselves right. up for, for that. So that's a really excellent point that you're bringing up. Yeah, and when we're compassionate and say, okay, I fell off the horse, we all make mistakes, falling back is part of moving forward, that's how change occurs. I get back on the horse, and, and, and I'm compassionate with myself. 90% of the time, again, and these are statistics, people who are, have self-compassion are more likely to reach their goals when, in fact, they do slide back. I don't even call it failure. It's the voice in our head that often says that, you know, we failed. Mm-hmm. And, the, you know, the, the self-talk is a, a really important um, potential roadblock. And when I was writing the novel... It took me many years to do it because I, I didn't just sit down and do it. I, had, I was teaching at the university, and I have, had a pra- private practice. But it was something that brought me a lot of joy, and uh, it's something I wanted to do since I was at least eight years old. Wow. Uh, Congratulations. Yay. Yeah. Drum roll. <laughs> <laughs> it's a dream I've had my whole life. Um, and it's something I intuitively did. I grew up in a pretty troubled home, and nobody ever told me to do it, but I would detach myself from the craziness in my family and go in my room and just make up these stories about these little kids who would get into trouble, and I would get them out of trouble. Yeah. I realize now it was my uh, psyche's way of helping me feel like I was in control of something I could never be in control of, mm-hmm. but it helped me navigate the rough water as I got through it. So having this novel has been a dream come true, and wow. it's always been there. Um, so yeah, well, more, I want to I want to yeah, talk a little bit about um, limestone gumption, yeah. uh, your novel, and because really in there your uh, main character is uh, in and out of a lot of trouble and in and yeah. out of some pretty harsh things. So when you mentioned how in your childhood that was your way of, of really kind of feeling empowered or, and working on your own self, I uh-huh. could see the character in there. Um, really, there's a lot of deep psychological um, wisdom through your book, not even just having it be um, a, a murder mystery, but a lot of wisdom and a lot of awareness, and so uh, it's brilliantly written. So I, I just want to just say I really Thank enjoyed you. reading it. Um, but you. the limestone gumption in the book does mean uh, something about what you're talking about, right? What is the word? Yeah, what does that uh, mean exactly? It's uh, the the novel takes place uh, on the banks of the Suwannee River in north central Florida, which is a beautiful area. I used to have a house there. It's very prehistoric. Uh, there are manatee, there are alligators, uh, incredible wildlife, deer, uh, otter, um, and the Suwannee River runs right through the area. And uh, for millions of years, what's happened is the Suwannee has cut through limestone and form these beautiful caves. People come from all over the world to dive in these caves and look at the the underwater marine life. 
Um, but the reason that those caves are so beautiful and the reason they developed is because the limestone yields to the power of the Swanee and becomes one with it. And so the idea of limestone gumption is people who have strength, not brute force, not pushing and, and aggressive force, but people who, by yielding, they endure. Mm-hmm. And by yielding, their power comes. And I can give some very specific examples. If you're in, caught in a riptide, the, the worst thing you can do is fight and swim hard. Uh, if you're caught in a riptide, the way to endure is to relax and to swim parallel to the ocean, and it brings you in. If you fight and swim hard, it takes you further out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I this is uh, what we're talking about with change. We're yeah. talking about yielding to your vision and really allowing yourself and through loving up, letting yourself just kind of yield into bringing in the change. So that's exactly. really very uh, pertinent. Right. And, and not forcing it or pushing it, but let, it has kind of a life of its own and just letting it unfold. Mm-hmm. As, as, a, as opposed to pushing your way through something. Um, and so the character in my novel, uh, actually, even though he's a psychologist, he learns a lot by going back home and to being accused of murder and some of the other startling things that happen. He finds his limestone gumption. In other words, he learns that by believing in himself and allowing his, his truth to unfold, that there's, there's a lot of power in that, and that's what helps him get through the, the problems he encounters. Mm-hmm. And another thing we've been talking about is grit. It sounds very similar to having yes. grit in life. Absolutely. Yeah. Wow, I love that. That's so great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so we were talking about um, the things that you do to really uh, push forward when you're struggling up against your own um, own issues or your own self-talk. Um, yeah. Is there a positive self-talk that a person can well, yeah. do that actually come, could? I'm yeah. glad you came back to that because I, I didn't finish. Uh, actually, there was one thing I wanted to say about that. Uh, a lot of writers you'll hear talk about writer's block, and I, I think that's true of most artists uh, when you're trying to – because artistic endeavors come from not from just the brain. It comes from this other place inside of us. And so writer's block is when our inner critic – uh, gets in the way and says, you can't do this, or this is terrible, or uh, nobody's going to read this. And I don't know any artist who has not experienced that. Mm-hmm. And the key is, again, the limestone gumption is in letting it be there. Don't fight it. Don't try to get rid of it. Just acknowledge it as if it's, uh, it is a part of yourself. It's, we all have that part, but it's not who we are. But if we start getting, a, if we resist it, if we fight it, if we try to push it away, it gets stronger. And uh, that's not limestone gumption. Limestone mm-hmm. gumption is when we recognize, okay, I know you're here. This is what I do. Uh, I know you're here. I hear what you're saying. And as I say that to the critical uh, voice, I'm separate from it mm-hmm. right away okay. just by speaking to it. And so I don't allow it to blend with me or take over. And that helps me keep moving. But I'm not fighting it. I'm, I'm yielding to it in a way by allowing it to be there. But it also helps me get the separation I need so that I can feel the, <clears throat> excuse me, feel the creative me come through. 
Mm-hmm. And so what about strengthening more of the positive self-talk? Because um, it, it sounds like what you're saying is just like listening and holding that negative self-talk just there, recognizing it and allowing the other part to flow through. Um, I know for me, I, which I call it loving up. So maybe mm-hmm. loving up means, uh, for me, it means uh, more positive self-talk, loving up uh, the part of me that's afraid or loving the part of me that that is feeling anxious, uh-huh. and, and I call that positive self-talk. Is, so do you find that to be an effective part of helping move through a difficult um, block, whether it's, right. a, it's a, whether it's a creative block or whether it's someone's trying to change career directions or start a business and there's just some resistance there? Would you say the creative positive talk or self-love talk helps? Absolutely. It's got to be real, however. I mean, it's got to be genuine. It's not something we can manufacture and, you know, mm-hmm. kind of trick ourselves into believing. So it's got to be genuine. You know, there, there's something that scientists are talking about nowadays uh, called neuroplasticity. And what that is, uh, is really changing uh, the neural pathways in our brain. Mm-hmm. And that's what change is. If we're changing a habit, and once we're successful at it, we're basically changing the neural pathways in our brain so it becomes more automatic. Um, and some of that has to do with how we talk to ourselves. And most of the time, we, we are more geared to, to think negatively simply because we're wired for negativity. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the reason we're wired for negativity is for survival uh, so that we pay attention to you know, a fast-moving car as opposed to the flowers on the side of the road if we're flying down an interstate. Um, But it's also important to um, be able to look at the flip side. And one way to do that is what I call the gratitude exercise. You may have spoken about this on your show before. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I do it a lot. Yeah, it's where we open up the wide-angle lens. Uh, when, when we're negative or we have the negative talk, that's the, what I call the zoom lens. It's, a, it's mm-hmm. a, a narrow perspective and it clouds out the big picture. But when I, I'm conscious and, and aware of putting on my wide-angle lens, then it really helps me see my life in a more positive way and not just the negative. In therapy, we call it reframing. But mm-hmm. it's, it's uh, the, the ability to put a different frame around the picture and look at the glasses half full instead of half empty. Yeah, well, that uh, when I first started, uh, when I became more national, known about uh, tw- 25 years ago or 30 years ago, I-, I was terrified every time I had a client call and I didn't know the person to mm-hmm. do intuition, to do the empowerment work uh, without even knowing anything about the person. And I would, was so frozen. And it was really the self-talk, this, this changing my lens, reframing it, that I was there to make a difference or serve them and that I would just be open to receive whatever I needed to receive for them it took years and thousands of clients before I actually felt comfortable so that was definitely some resistance um so yeah that was one of the tools that really made a difference difference for me with with that we're going to be coming up to a break we have a couple minutes but if anyone has a question for Brian Dr. Brian Robinson uh call at 1-888-346-9141 we'd love to hear from you we'd love to hear questions and um, and we we do have a couple more minutes. Do you want to talk a little bit more before the break about about uh, follow up with just what we're talking about right now? Um, well, in terms of uh, the idea of neuroplasticity, 
um, if we're aware that the, the 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 negative voice in our head is not truthful, it's not factual usually, mm-hmm. uh, and we don't take it as fact, and we put on that wide-angle lens that we were talking about, then it actually helps us move through uh, the negativity and to really start to embrace who we really are, because who we really are are not all those negative uh, messages that we're carrying around inside our head. Most of those are coming from early on when we were growing up, and they belonged to other people who shared those with us, sometimes well-intended to keep us safe or to, uh, to, to try to guide us in a direction they thought we should be going in. Mm-hmm. But, we, it, it, you know, just doing an inventory and being aware of, like if, if I say I can't do it, is that really true? How, how do I know that? That's fortune-telling. It hasn't even happened yet, so how do I know I can't do it? So you, you discount it. You don't push, you know, don't steamroll it, but you don't let that get in your way, and so you keep moving forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's beautiful. Um, well, so we are uh, going for a break right now, and uh, we'll talk more about this on the other side. We're talking to Dr. Brian Robinson, and his latest uh, debut novel is Limestone Gumption, and you can go to his website at brianrobinsonnovels.com, and Brian is B R Y A N R O B I N S O N. N-O-V-E-L-S dot com. So you can um, get get a, find a copy of this fabulous book and learn more about Dr. Brian Robinson and, and all the others. the first two chapters on that website. Okay. Great, great. All right. Well, we'll see you on the other side of the break. Thank you. us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. You deserve to live the life you are meant to live. Your struggles can become the pathway to gratitude and the joy of living. The true voice of your inner you is longing to be heard by you again. Gain greater tools and awareness. The adventure is just beginning. Janice Darrow invites you to visit www.JaniceDarrow.com to learn more about the exciting work she's doing as an intuitive empowerment guide, vision board facilitator, workshop leader, and inspirational speaker. Your path begins with a single step. That's JaniceDarrow.com. J-A-N-E-S-E-D-E-R-R-O-U-G-H.com. Do you think about losing weight and living a healthier life? Are you ready to make a change but don't know where to start? Then you need to know about The Inner Way, a life-transforming inspirational DVD that will teach you how to change your thinking and change your life. Using the law of attraction, The Inner Way will explain why we become what we think about most and show you how to start attracting the things you truly want in life. The Inner Way is an exercise plan for your mind. Experts like Bob Proctor and Gay Hendricks will guide you through an abundant variety of tools to help you remap your thinking and start focusing on living the life you were meant to live. If weight loss and health always seem to be on your to-do list, you can get started today by visiting TheInnerWay.com. That's www.TheInnerWeigh.com. Watch the trailer, read the reviews, and discover why people are calling The Inner Way a film that everyone should watch. It's time to take that step toward the you that you were meant to be. It's time to experience The Inner Way. 
Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. You are tuned in to Living the Best You with your host, Janice Darrow. To reach our show today, please call 1-888-346-9141. That number again is 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to JaniceLD at gmail.com. Now, let's get back to living the best you. Hi, welcome back to the show. If I had a singing voice, I'd sing David Bowie's Changes. <laughs> because that's what we're talking about, is creating positive change in our life. And I'm talking with Dr. Brian Robinson, Um and who is a leading authority on change and um, has also personally created a lot of change in his life. So, um, hi, Brian. Hi, <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> so, so, you have, uh, we were talking, and uh, you have a quote from Socrates that sounds wonderful. So, we'd love right. to hear I that. I noticed you quoted Aristotle earlier, and um, Socrates said, the secret of change is in focusing all of one's energy not on fighting the old, but on creating the new. Wow. I, I really love that because my life has, um, I also had a childhood that was very confusing and had a lot, of, um, a lot of pain that I had to move myself through to a place of empowerment. And uh, that, I like that quote because that's the way it was. It was really just allowing the new me to blossom out of that, that old fertilizer of the childhood um, right. and really just keep envisioning more, not making something up. And I like what you said earlier about being authentic because mm-hmm. it's really not saying, oh, this is who I want to be when I grow up. Mm-hmm. It was really allowing that real part of me, the authentic part, to not be afraid to shine, to not be afraid to come out, and to really follow that lead. Um, so that's really beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, I like your idea of the a flower that is blooming, you know, from the seed, uh, especially when it gets water, sunlight, and fertilizer. But sometimes we have to be the water, fertilizer, and and sunlight for that flower to bloom. And uh, mm-hmm. that's not that's not a self-centered thing. That's a self-loving, self-compassionate thing for us to do for ourselves, it's just a form of really believing in who we are at the core and not letting the old tapes uh, eclipse that, which Mm -hmm. is what happens to to most of us. Yeah. Well, and, you know, I find a lot with giving and caring people that are uh, taking care of other people or caretaking people. I call myself a recovering caretaker Mm because after fostering 17 kids, adopting five, I think I was pretty good at caretaking, um, is about learning how to do that self-care, that that self-care is not about being self-centered or selfish, that you're right, we have to water the seed Mm -hmm. and we have to put the sunshine there. And I just see the fertilizers is all the ukulele stuff that I call ukulele that's not happy stuff. But, yeah, it's about really caring and um, nourishing ourselves to be our better self, our higher, greater self. Mm-hmm. That's right. And uh, back to the idea of if habit that can keep us stuck is, I call it caraholism. Uh, uh, and most isms are just old habits that we form to 
uh, somehow avoid being who we are uh, at at our core. And um, so it's it's about that's a good example of changing. a, a habit from focusing on everybody else and taking care of them when we're going down the drain mm-hmm. to, as we, we talk about the oxygen mask metaphor on an airplane, put the oxygen mask on ourselves first if we have a child on our knee. And uh, by doing that, then we're more able to take care of other people and also meet our goals, you know, and make mm-hmm. that change uh, that allows that to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we're talking about um, change and creating change around habits, but what I'd like to take a minute to focus on more is because you actually went from changing a whole career to another career, mm-hmm. you know, going from nonfiction to fiction, going from Charlotte to Asheville. And mm-hmm. so th- those are pretty big changes um, that you made. And um, so did you envision that first or did, did it just all happen? How, what was the process of I envisioned of those? it first. Actually, even more specifically, uh, uh, for those who may not know, uh, Asheville is about two hours west of Charlotte, North Carolina. And I've lived most of my life in the area of Charlotte. And I used to drive up to Asheville and through the mountains. It's just so beautiful here. And and even on where I live, the road I live on now, I would drive and, and say to my partner, you know what, one day I'm going to have a house here. So I would even say it, and I wasn't just, it wasn't uh, offhanded, it was, uh, I was serious. I didn't know how it was going to happen, I didn't have, you know, but I just knew I, that, that this is something I wanted, a place I wanted to be. And... Um, and eventually it did happen, and I've I've kind of done that with getting a practice going here. I've done that with the novel. Some mm-hmm. of the, the things have taken longer than others, but they're there, and uh, I, I've tried not to push it or force it or, or, or make it happen on my time scale, which is also mm-hmm. another important thing, but uh, sometimes uh, when we're creatively visualizing, the outcome has a life of its own. So being patient and allowing for uh, things to do, uh, I'll say that for the universe to, to do its magic mm-hmm. uh, is really important. So patience oh. is, a, is a part of that process sometimes. Well, I know for me, um, you know, I was single for a long time and um, I really wanted a partner in my life. I, I not only envisioned it, but I I felt it like I was talking in the the reflection. I every morning felt myself being hugged and uh-huh. um, and loved by my partner, and it was very sweet. And the patience part was the hard part because mm. I kept feeling like because I was doing this every day, I was doing it every morning for years. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. and I was starting to feel discouraged that there was not a partner in my life, and my intuition just kept telling me. Nope, just keep doing this. Just keep. And what I realize now is that I needed to feel that um, lovableness, to feel the reality of what I was envisioning, you know, and the timing actually turned out to be perfect timing. So there was a lot of other factors that now looking back, now that I do have my partner in my life and married, um, that, that I can see that it wasn't the right time years ago when I wanted it right Mm -hmm. then. So that is a very excellent point because I see that often with clients is um, the frustration of not having it immediately and us being an immediate gratification, you know, culture, it makes it very difficult with that patience. 
We're thinking if it doesn't happen on our time schedule that it's not going to happen. If it doesn't happen when we think it should happen, then it's not going to happen. And then getting discouraged and giving up, that, that's another roadblock that a lot of people face. Um, and so it, it does require a, a good bit of faith and, again, belief in yourself and belief in the process that if you, you hear people say this all the time who've reached lofty goals, follow your dreams, never give up. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I hear it all the time on award shows and people who've written books. And um, I remember there were so many times when I was writing this novel, it took me 12 years uh, off and on to do it. I, and that's because there were so many times I put it away and I, I, I lost the belief that it could really happen. Um, and it was when I moved to Asheville that I, I really took it back and embraced it and followed through with it and was was able to achieve it. But it just doesn't happen when we think it should happen. It happens when it needs to happen, and that requires patience and faith and a little bit mm-hmm. of letting go. The, the paradox of letting go is powerful, you know, of uh, of not trying to control the process too much. Mm-hmm. Well, it's also about what you were saying earlier about a lot of self-care and, and really not flogging or not beating yourself up, just really recognizing um, and holding the vision. I think it's about the accountability you were talking about is, is um, you know, d- did you find for you the accountability about writing the book? Did anybody say, you know, Brian, are you writing the book? How's the book going? Did that help motivate you or did you not have that? How, what was... What was that element there? No, I didn't have uh, uh, I didn't have a publisher, and I didn't have anybody looking over my shoulder. But you know what motivated me was when I would just kind of absentmindedly hand it to somebody and say, "This is, I've been working on this," and they would say, "Wow, this is great! You've got to do something with it." And I would think, "Oh, really?" Well, and then I would get motivated to start start working on it again. Mm-hmm. So it was the positive feedback that I kept getting from people who didn't even know each other. And they weren't just friends, you know, stroking my ego. They were people who were giving me honest feedback. And that helped me believe in, in more in myself and in the process, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's an excellent novel. I, and I'm not a murder mystery reader. <laughs> and, I, and I loved it. So, um, yeah, so I could see that for change, it really is about the rah-rah, and that's what helped me with my career, actually, is is the positive that was coming out of it really kept pushing me forward, even though I had shaky knees and I was ready to quit it over and over and over again because it was too scary to put myself out there. And each time, it's like, okay, someone, you know, someone benefited from this, so I'm gonna I'm gonna keep moving forward. And I think it is the tiny steps in change mm-hmm. yeah. that are so important because we think big, we want the end. And I see this a lot, this perfectionist vision, expecting it to happen right away instead yeah. of really allowing it to unfold in tiny little steps. Can you speak a little bit of this? Well, you know, sometimes when we're trying to get somewhere, we're so focused on where we are not that we lose track of how far we've come. And it, it's another way of reframing and broadening our and looking more positively at the process. And one of the things I have folks do a lot of time because they'll, they'll say things like, you know, I've been trying to do this and I can't get there. It hadn't happened yet. And, and I'll often ask the question, well, uh, where did you start and how far have you come? And then all of a sudden, 
everything flips and they're they're looking at a bigger picture and so it doesn't feel as negative to them and so it motivates them to keep going when they look back and see wow look how far I've come I hadn't even thought about that I was so focused on where I haven't gotten to yet mm-hmm. wow yeah well thank you we um I we all of us all of us listening to your great wisdom appreciate what you're sharing and we're uh, almost close to the end of the show do you have any last words of wisdom that you'd like to share with with us you know uh even though I had you know the self doubt plaguing me off and on when I was writing the novel uh I would echo what I have heard so many people say is never give up on your dream uh Keep following it, even when you feel you're disappointed or it's not moving fast enough or you get impatient, is stay focused, keep keep your eye on the prize, and once you get there, once you achieve something that you've really worked hard for, it emboldens you to believe more in it for the next goal that you attempt. Mm, thanks. Well, thank you, Dr. Brian Robinson, and you can um, learn more about him at brianrobinson.com or brianrobinsonnovels.com. Thanks, Brian. We appreciate you you being on this show. And I want to take a minute and talk about next week's show. Uh, We're going to talk more about uh, tools on how to really create change. Um, I have been coaching um, entrepreneur business owner Geraldine Plato with her career around her career, her business, and private around vision boards. We're going to uh, Geraldine Plato. She's a health advocate, journalist by training, and mother, educator, and creative community builder by vocation. She'll be joining us on the show next week, and we'll talk about working with vision board, the importance of it, and how to use it as a tool and to be effective tool. So thank you for um, being here and living the best you, and I hope you have a very delight-filled week. And we appreciate you so much. And thank you. We appreciate you joining us for this week's edition of Living the Best You with Janice Darrow. Please tune in again next Wednesday at noon Pacific time, 3 p.m. Eastern time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. This week, get ready to have the best time of your life.